0: Chicago, this is Bruce Dumont with our Beyond the Beltway analysis of national politics, featuring occasional injections of Roman innuendo, all offered up by our panel of political insiders, pundits, power brokers, public servants, professors, and most importantly, plain-speaking Americans from coast to coast. Tonight, featuring commentary by Peter Hanna of the ACLU, Democrat political affairs executive Rick Justulka. Republican financial advisor, Brian Castle, and Jennifer Nevins, conservative nationalist. And we are live tonight, as we always are every Sunday night, from the Museum of Broadcast Communications, the Paul and Angel Harvey Radio Studio. Nice to have you with us this evening. Our phone lines open at 1-800-723-8289. That's 1-800-723-8289. If you want to email me a comment, it's Bruce Dumont at museum.tv. If you want to send me a, a, a email message, it's beyondthebeltway2019 at gmail.com. You want to send me a tweet, it's at DUMO, at D-U-M-O. And of course, uh, you can join us on beyondthebeltway.com. If you missed the show tonight, you can find it there for many, many months or years to follow. And again, of course, we are live on Facebook, the Beyond the Beltway Facebook page, and also... Uh, we are live on YouTube. So we've got lots of people listening in a variety of areas. And again, uh, we have lots to talk about. Obviously, the last uh, 42, 72 hours in this country have been uh, uh, filled with stories, horror stories uh, out of El Paso, Texas, and also out of uh, Dayton, Ohio. And uh, before we get to our panel this evening, and we will be having a, an elongated conversation about the causes and effects of uh, what happened in, in uh, Dayton and also in uh, El Paso, But uh, we first want to be joined by uh, Andrew J. Polk. Andrew Polk is a news reporter for KTSM, uh, our affiliate in uh, El El Paso, Texas. He was one of the first reporters on the scene yesterday. And Andrew, uh, welcome to be on the Beltway. And before we get back to the specifics of how you first jumped on this case yesterday, what's happening in El Paso today? Have there been developments in this tragic
1: shooting? yes Bruce. thank you very much for having me on first up, there have been a a lot of things that have been coming out today for their news conferences what's going on right now i can say is that there are a number of vigils that are either um under uh starting together now or underway here this evening uh, from faith communities from community organizations Uh, the opans community is definitely hurting here tonight and uh, still trying to get into the grieving process here this evening and we've had um quit the outpouring from the community. Well, before we get into the specifics of what has happened, I would say that uh, local blood uh, donation centers have had to ask people to not come right now because they've had such an outpouring of support from the Opacity mm-hmm. community. So we're definitely coming together and uh, being very strong as a community.
0: Now, yesterday, uh, during the national press conference, uh, it was, I believe, your police chief that sort of uh, let the cat out of the bag that uh, this might be pursued as a hate crime. What's happened on, on that? Where is the prosecution going?
1: Well, so that's, we've had further updates on that here today. What has come out is that this is definitely being pursued as a, uh, a hate crime investigation, and beyond that, even further, as domestic terrorism. We've heard now from of uh, a attor- uh, U.S. attorney for this area, uh, John Bass, that they are pursuing a domestic terrorism investigation, as well as from the FBI, that they are doing uh, kind of a nexus investigation into uh, you know, issues surrounding that and uh, the white supremacy. Um, significantly, today, again, our police chief, Greg Allen, uh, did link that uh, manifesto that has been, had much discussion around it uh, posted online that it is linked to this shooter, the shooter mm-hmm. that is uh, now in custody. Where did the mest-
0: manifesto uh, uh, come from? Is it absolutely clear that it came from uh, the shooter in this particular case?
1: See, that's uh, they didn't go quite that far in their recent statements. What they are saying is that they have linked it to them. So, if in terms of if he actually penned it himself, or if someone else wrote on forums or posted on their behalf that hasn't been made perfectly clear, but it's uh, at this point definitely clearly a part of this investigation and definitely going to lead into the charges. One of the other things we heard from our local district attorney, Heine Esparza, is that they uh, are treating this as a capital uh, murder investigation and they will seek the death penalty Mm -hmm. uh, for this individual now in custody. Mm -hmm.
0: And uh, the the mood of the community prior to this. Obviously, uh, the issue of illegal immigration has been an important part of the political debate in this country for many, many years. You are literally at at ground zero of that debate. What has been the mood in the community uh, about the role of the community in this broader national debate?
1: one of the most common phrases i'm hearing uh, talked about is that this was an attack on our community that this person who was not from our community uh drove nine ten hours to come here right. to attack what they were called what he in terms of the manifesto calling a uh, crisis or a problem that they thought needed to be fixed and this is the manner in which they took it uh, the offensive community has generally been uh very welcoming and very responsive to these issues we've had issues going on specifically with certain uh, federal agencies into uh early uh, at the end of last year and uh, the response from the past committee has always been to step up and deal with whatever problems we're presented with and that's very much the community we're, we're still seeing mm-hmm. here today
0: was there any or, or has there been any anti-immigrant overt actions uh in el paso uh which has been described as one of the safest cities in the United States, uh, at least by, by some. Uh, has there been any history of uh, anti
1: immigrant uh, outbursts? Not to this extent. Uh, in terms of recent history, things have been happening that would kind of be along maybe a spectrum, if you will, towards that end have been happening right nearby, but usually not within El Paso and stuff. We have the. Uh, groups such as uh, We Build the Wall that have built that private wall right across the river from El Paso and Southern Park, New Mexico, that's also an area in which these uh, border militias were operating in months prior to that as well. So uh, that's been the, kind of the strongest uh, anti-immigrant sentiment that had kind of previously been seen in our area. But in terms of active things like this, it's unprecedented within our community. Mm.
0: Uh, Jennifer Nevins is here. She has a guest for you or question for you, uh, Andrew.
2: Hi Andrew mm-hmm. um, there has been some talk about Antifa uh, doing their uh, demonstrations they're planning a massive demonstration uh, the governor Greg Abbott has warned them not to enter El Paso have you heard anything um, about the Antifa plans
1: yeah I've seen those posters that have come through and uh, those again the supposed border or border invasion it's been described in a whole bunch of different ways the previous response from uh, our local officials, the uh, mayor and the police have been they're monitoring the situation to see if anything is going to actually happen. But in terms of on the ground, there isn't exactly a local Antifa field office we can call. It. So it's been kind of just a whole lot of speculation uh, up to this point.
0: Uh, Rick uh, Jaskolka is a Democrat. He joins us. He's got a question for you.
3: Yeah, uh, Andrew. Uh, beyond the manifesto itself, uh, has there been any other tracking of the shooters' social media uh, uh, channels, either Facebook, Twitter, anything like that?
1: I mean, There's been a whole bunch of events up there posted around. Social media has been ripe with speculation, particularly in our local area here, but in terms of anything officially coming out, uh, officials are playing this one fairly close to the chest. In fact, a uh, uh, comparison has been brought to the unfortunate event of uh, Dayton, Ohio, in which, in that incident, The names of the victims have already been released. We still don't even have the full names of those uh, injured or killed in this incident here in El Paso.
0: Andrew, we do uh, thank you very much for joining us. I know you've got to move on. Andrew J. Polk, he is a veteran reporter for KTSM. That's the Beyond the Beltway affiliate in El Paso, Texas, for many, many years. We thank you very much for joining us uh, with your update uh, from the center uh, of this uh, national uh, tragedy. Thanks very much. I'm Bruce Dumont. Back shortly.
4: My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion.
5: I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career I can be proud of and supporting my
6: family.
7: America's veterans are on their most important tour, the tour of their lives.
6: I'm a veteran. My victory was going from homeless to home.
7: At DAV... we all win. Help us support more Victories for Veterans. Go to DAV.org.
0: Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. Thank you very much for joining us tonight. I want to begin with our guests around the table and get their take on what happened. And I, I want to ask, a, 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 hopefully, a constructive question. Uh, what can be done, in, in your view, to greatly reduce the numbers of mass shootings in the future? Peter Hanna of the ACLU, Democrat. From IIT, Chicago Kent
5: College. Yeah. Um, so to be clear, I mean, I'll start by saying what what isn't working. Inaction isn't working, right? We this is the 32nd mass shooting this year. By some counts, it's I think the 249th, the 250th uh, shooting um, in a public space. So, inaction is not working. So, what can be done? I think uh, Democrats and, and, frankly, even Republicans as well, have been saying the same thing for years. Um, common sense legislation to make it more difficult. For people who should not have firearms, to have firearms, um, I don't think anyone wants to take anyone's guns away. Uh, you know, my 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 dad has a gun. You know, he's a he served in the military. He's a responsible person. No one wants to take guns away from responsible people, but we do need to build barriers so that. You know, people like the folks who committed the atrocities in Dayton and El Paso have a harder time getting guns. It's a common sense solution that, you know, the other side refuses. I want to go to Jennifer Nevins. Uh, Mm. You're our our Trumpster on the panel this evening. Uh,
0: What's your answer to the same question, a constructive way to end or reduce mass shootings?
2: Well, I think that uh, a focus on mental health uh, that's underfunded. We don't have the resources to effectively deal with people who are showing signs of mental illness you can't commit people against their will in many cases it is a real i think that both parties would agree that there is a dearth of resources for mental health i also have to say
0: in this particular case <laughs> do you think that mental health is a case yeah. to be made in each of the uh, the shooters that we're talking about today or if someone is a racist mm-hmm. are they crazy
2: I think you have to take it on a case-by-case basis because what happened in Dayton is not appearing to be any kind of a nationalist or any kind of a political statement. He killed his own sister, so we can say that there's definitely mental illness that has to be in play here. Was that in play in El Paso? We don't know. We don't know. They just arrested the man. So I think it's really premature to say what could cause uh, somebody to do something like this.
0: Rich Eskalka, what's your answer? You, you've been covered uh, hundreds of campaigns in your illustrious career. I mean, can you can we get beyond either the instant discussion of mental health or the instant discussion of of, of gun control
3: i think you need a holistic approach here i i and the problem is trying to uh, pin it on any one thing um I, I think personally uh there are too many guns in america um we are a you know gun crazed society i, I agree Um, I have a home up in far northern Wisconsin. All of my neighbors have guns. I'm probably the only house that that doesn't. Uh, They're hunters, and I think that is totally fine, but when you start uh, looking at automatic weapons um, and uh, you're able to shoot uh, as the person did down, uh, or up in uh, Dayton, Uh, he was stopped, he was killed, uh, but he had the high uh, the, num- high, ma- n- high capacity uh, magazine. Rounds. And, 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 but the other part of this, uh, Bruce, is the uh, hate-filled uh, talk that uh, is happening all throughout mm. America, and, and uh, thanks to our uh, occupant of the White House, uh, mm. it's become okay to demonize other people. Uh, it has become okay
2: the Democrats never do that, by the way. Never demonize the. Soul. I want to get Bri-
0: I want to get Brian yeah. Castles answer, right. an- answer to the question: Is there a positive thing that can be done that, would, that could reduce this?
10: I also think the mental health issue is a very big mm-hmm. issue. Okay. Um, and that's really, you know, law-abiding citizens that have guns should be able to keep them, uh, but there should be a filter for those people that shouldn't be, shouldn't be owning guns. How do we and then how the do, we do that? Let's spend, let's spend crazy a few talk. moments
0: talking about the mental health is, is, issue. How do we do that? Uh, let me go back to the ACLU. Because in in many ways, some of these people could be stopped, but isn't it yeah. an invasion of their right to privacy? Um, and, 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 and if someone is a racist, are they
5: crazy? Well, first, I don't want to speak on behalf of the entire organization um, right. on this topic. That's I can tell you just as a progressive... Um, you know, hearing this mental health uh, kind of like, you know, it's a a red herring. I mean, when the San Bernardino shooters took out a bunch of folks, no one was saying, well, this is a mental health issue. Everyone knew immediately it was, you know, Islamic terrorism. You know, why why are we treating these people differently? I mean, these are terrorists, they're domestic terrorists, just like Timothy McVeigh, just like other folks. And if you want to kind of get to the mental health issue, which again, I think is sort of like a Republican talking point, you know, red herring, why don't you incorporate mental health checks in background checks? Why, why can't a background check at least look for sort of instances of you know mental health issues and then pass along the gun? Why can't we close loopholes that will allow any of us to go to a gun show right now and fill our cars with artilleries that could take out like a city Would block? you agree with that? I mean, isn't that,
0: isn't that a common sense response that if if, if mm-hmm. there are going to be background checks, mm-hmm. isn't the person's mental stability a basic question? that should and could be asked. I or have, are the Republicans going to
2: Yeah. Well, I that. wouldn't have a problem and I'm not sure Donald Trump and many of the other Republicans would have a problem if there were a mental health check that involved Signing off by a doctor saying this person had a psychic break at such and such a time. Yeah. This person was hospitalized for something. Where you have a problem is what do you do when somebody was treated for depression, which includes probably a very high proportion of the United States population. So I think if you have bona fide severe mental health issues, I'm not sure that the Republicans would hold that up, frankly. I, 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 but but I, want, I want to ask here.
0: you. That's I right. want to ask you. I want to ask you the same question I asked Peter. Hmm. Do you think a, a racist is a crazy person?
2: Not necessarily, no. So like I said, there's not one size fits all. I never would say that mental health issues are, and solving mental health issues, are is the big panacea. I okay. think it She's is a multi-pronged a- problem, a- problem, but I think it's a big part of it. Brian, sorry, Peter.
10: Racism is about ignorance. I just got back from the world, the largest World Scout jamboree in, in, in Scout history, world history, and there were people from 160 countries, all races, all religions, and everybody got along, right? There's ways to make this work. So racism is really, I think, about just ignorance, and we need to basically train everyone and inform everyone uh, about how to get along.
0: But ignorance is, yeah. Do so, we have a right? Do we have a? We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Do we have a right to be ignorant? Do we yes. have? A, do we have a right to to be devoid of facts I mean, that could lead to yes. either either racial or or, or religious bigotry? Yeah. Either one.
3: Look, I, I think the big problem here is we seem to be going backwards in terms of um, uh, racism, in terms of hate, in terms of divisiveness. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a product of the uh, 1960s. I, you know, worked for Gene McCarthy uh, back then, and you know, there were some pretty divisive times uh, back in the 60s and 70s. I don't remember this level of hate filled uh, rhetoric uh, and people uh, looking to kill other people who just simply don't agree with them. So I think this is beyond the norm. Uh, and as long as we continue to demonize others, and, and look, social media plays a role in this as well because now you can tweet uh, and spew this stuff and, you know.
0: It's easy to hate
5: online. Absolutely. Peter. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, uh, with all due respect, it would be great if we could teach people to get along and, you know, you know, uh, dance around the Maypole. I, you know, as you know, and maybe some of you guys know, I was born in a different country. I My family moved to America when I was only two. Um, I remember hearing, you know, I went to Catholic school until I was about in 5th 6th grade, and the first time I went to public school, um, someone asked me, like, why I don't go back to my country? And it was the first time I heard it. And, you know, I've had a, obviously... You know the challenge of integration into a new society but i never in a million years after going through high school college law school getting a job get becoming a professor never would have thought i'd hear it again but when you have a president who validates and inspires hatred on the basis of someone's immigration status the color of their skin etc you're going to create this culture where people do find other forms of validation on social media but I'm and one more thing You know, what I really want to point out more than anything else about Donald Trump is, you know, growing up in New York, I grew up in the sort of shadow of Donald Trump. I heard him on Howard Stern. I heard him in the media. I saw the crazy, ridiculous things he said. I don't purport to know the man's heart, but I do know the man's words. And the man's words are racist and hate filled. And we have this guy who wrote this manifesto. And I think uh, Andrew earlier said it's not been definitively linked. But the manifesto was published on 8chan, 19 minutes before he shot up the Walmart. And he said specifically, I want to take out the invaders. I mean, where did you get that language? Donald Trump smirked at a rally just three weeks ago in El Paso when someone gestured, how are we gonna keep him out? And someone made a gun gesture, he said, can't do that, can do it in the panhandle. So, I mean, you guys could dance around however you want. The president, his words are racist, and he is creating a culture of hate, period. Okay. We could Jennifer. spend
2: the entire show dissecting Trump's tweets and his statements, and I and, and you, Brian, would probably say that they are not racist, and we would explain why. Just because you don't like uh, what the president is saying, it's very convenient to just put it into the racist box. But what I have to say about mm. Trump inspiring things, back when we had a spate, we continued to have a spate of cop killings, Um, And when we saw them just take off during the Obama administration, um, many people on my side of the aisle said that Obama had blood on his hands. And what happened is you heard the hue and the cry from the media and from people on the left, politicians saying, how dare you link cop killings to the president. How dare you do that? Doesn't matter what Obama says. Doesn't matter that he said the police acted stupidly. Doesn't matter that he put the cops under the bus many times. It was the shooter who was to blame. But funny, when it happens, when somebody is doing something, uh, supposedly from a white nationalist point of view, somehow the president is to blame. And it's not the person, the perpetrator who did the act. Even the candidate Castro, Julian Castro, said there's one person responsible for the El Paso shootings. It is the shooter.
5: Um, that reductivist whataboutism is what I've come to expect from Trump supporters. Okay. And thank you you're for so making sure You're so
2: high above it with your fancy right. high language. I, 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 I gotta tell you, actually, your you're not oppressing really kind of anybody a joke here, Peter. really are. Got we gotta got
0: pause. Rick, we gotta pause for a break. We'll be back shortly. Don't go away.
9: Keeping in touch with family and friends or reaching public safety officials can be challenging during power outages. If telecom networks are affected by severe weather or other conditions, the FCC recommends following these guidelines. Call 911 only when necessary and limit non-emergency calls. Avoid repetitive redialing to minimize network congestion. Try texting if a call doesn't go through. Conserve battery power switch mobile phones and devices to power-saving modes and turn off when not in use. If evacuated, forward landline calls to your cell phone if possible. If you're using your car to charge cell phones or listen to news on the car radio, be aware that carbon monoxide emissions can be deadly in an enclosed space such as a garage. Remember, always seek shelter in dangerous conditions and follow directions from public safety officials. For more info, Go to FCC.gov emergency.
0: Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. Thank you very much for joining us uh, this evening. Uh, we've got a great panel. They're already exercised. I had to calm them down during the break. Uh, but again, let's let them introduce themselves right now. We begin with an old friend. His first visit on this program. Uh, you might have been on it 35 years ago, but yeah. a long time ago. And by Rick, phone. Rick Jeskalka.
3: Rick Jaskulka, I am the uh, founder and the chairman of JT Strategic Communications, which is a public affairs firm based in Chicago, but we do work uh, across the United States and, um, and overseas as well. We also have an event division and a video division. Uh, and How I many probably,
0: Democratic candidates have you been well, in a presidential uh, m-
3: Many, but I, I, I probably worked in the White House for Two of those uh, candidates uh, for Jimmy Carter, Jimmy and Rosalind Carter, and for uh, Bill and Hillary Clinton. Okay.
0: And also we have Jennifer Nevins. Jennifer?
2: Hello, I'm Jennifer Nevins. Um, I was a delegate to the 2016 RNC. I am a conservative nationalist. That means that I, just like Trump, uh, support our laws, support our borders for everyone, of every nationality, creed, religion, who happens to be a citizen or lawfully here in this country. And as always, I am happy to be here.
5: Peter Hanna. My name is Peter Hanna, I'm an attorney. Um, I work at the um, ACLU, I'm an adjunct professor of law at Chicago Kent School of Law. Um, Always happy to be here and thankful for the opportunity, Bruce. Okay, very good, and Brian Castle. I'm
10: Brian Castle. I'm a financial advisor. After 30 years of working for other firms as a partner and whatnot, I founded my own firm, Four Star Wealth. This is shameless plug time, right? Four Star Wealth Advisors in Chicago were a national firm uh, with uh, locations in four states and uh, clients on five continents.
0: We've got callers from El Paso, Texas. Let's go to them. Let's go to George uh, listening to us uh, on KTSM. Go ahead,
11: George. Uh, Good afternoon. I was glad to hear mentioned of, um Carter. he happened to be the uh first president that i voted for in 1980 good what but can I'll we do for you tonight about, um also, because it seems that um is generally a very quiet uh, progressive community but when you have the congresswoman and the congressman who is currently on the presidential trail speaking uh you of the president not in terms of what one would expect objectively but personally and acting and saying it is a racist. Instead of attacking what it is specifically is saying, it draws attention negatively to El Paso and people who might be favorably disposed to the commentary President makes are drawn to that negativity, and we see possibly, I'm not saying certainly, a consequence of that negativity being drawn to El Paso. Uh, well, better
0: O'Rourke, by the way, uh, has said that he thinks that uh, Donald Trump is a white nationalist. Uh, Cory Booker has said that he thinks the president is racist. Bernie Sanders has said that for several months. Uh, Rick, as, a, as an advisor to Democratic candidates, uh, when a candidate comes out and, and makes an attack like that, personal attack like that, it, at this point, is that a good thing to do given your earlier concern about sort of the tone of politics?
3: Yeah, look, I think that uh, the whole tone of politics and, and it wasn't, it wasn't uh, beanbag back in the 60s right. uh, when I got involved, so I don't want to make it look like, hey, you know, the old guy is uh, hearkening back to the good old days. I mean, politics was mighty rough back then, but I just think that the tone of hate and vilification uh, of people who we don't agree with uh, is over the top right now. Uh, now. I, i'm going to say jennifer that the president on any given day of the week promotes that divisive language uh and, and so what you end up doing is having uh, people re- reacting and responding to it which i think is what he's trying to do so uh it begins at the top the, the, the president of the united states is the leader of the country, lead, supposedly leader of the free world, uh, commander in chief, and I think we expect presidents to set the tone. And if you have an example, by the way, uh, you said that you could you know, take a look at those tweets and explain, that you and Brian could explain how they are not racist, I, I think everybody would be interested in hearing that. <laughs>
0: Jennifer? Yeah.
2: You know, it it is amazing to me when you hear this argument that, well, no matter what kind of things are said about the president, uh, the day after Congressman Thalib took office, she said she was going to try to impeach the mother. Yes and other things like this, no matter what kind of divisive language comes out of people on the left, what they fall back with is, well, um, the president does it, but the president needs to set the tone. He's the adult in the room. He's the president. As if that excuses everybody else who's been lobbying attacks, not just against Trump, but against his supporters. I think it's a cop-out <clears throat> when you say that. Peter, I, uh, I didn't hear an answer divisive, there, by the way. You're yeah, not I mean, the I one think, calling the no, tunes no, on the no, show. No, you, didn't no even, you didn't hear
5: an answer because so I, that's I think what we to pull up some we with. can
2: discuss them I, i'm just trying to push my point i'm not my, gonna my pull point. them it's, out let, of let thin them finish air point. Are, are you
5: done? thanks so i think what we do see from jennifer is what we do see from <laughs> a lot of people who simply don't know how to respond to the argument presented no to them. that's not Mis- true I, peter I, please extend me the same courtesy oh. i certainly ex- extend it to you which is what aboutism? I mean, in, in, during the break, we were talking about Trump and and said, Well, what about Obama? Same thing right now. Well, what about the liberals? What about Ilhan Omar? Look, I, we could talk. We could do whataboutism till the cows come home. But what we should be doing is looking at the problem that the country faces. That we are all Americans in this room. We want Americans not to die in Dayton and El Paso and in the country. We want guns to kill less people, kill less innocents. We we're against. But patriarchy everything. Is it? But let, we can't get
0: around that. I want you to I want you to at all answer my question. Is it what about-ism when you state what Beto O'Rourke said? He called the president a white nationalist. Cory Booker has called him a racist. Bernie Sanders has called him a racist. In this climate that everyone allegedly decries, when you have leaders, even though those that want to be president, using incendiary words, would you acknowledge that that's not good for your side? Uh, that they're participating in something that's,
5: that's beneath them. These are people who are running for the highest office in the land. I think we can speak their views candidly. If I were, I might say the same thing. I said earlier, I don't know or purport to know Donald Trump's heart. He, sent, you know, he has one, but what I do know are his words. And I think looking at his words, looking at his actions, looking at his brutal policy of separating children from their parents at the border, looking at the fact that th- this guy has done nothing, nothing to help the people who are most in need in this country, it speaks volumes. The fact that he calls Mexicans rapists and murderers, and there's a few good ones. The fact that he jokes some. about, he, yeah, said, some, he said some, some. same thing. I mean, it's, it doesn't matter. This is, the, this is the language that this president has said. This is the tone that the president has set. No, I,
0: I, think, I think your point is that when the president says uh, there are some, he says, they send us their, their rapists, their, their, their crime, when he said that, it was in context with a broader number of people. He did single out the bad, the, the bad apples, if you will, and just as he got into the same trouble uh, with Charlottesville, when he said some of the people are good, he wasn't saying some of the white nationalists are good, some of the Nazis were good. He didn't say I, that. I, I think, our, but it, but it has been conflated. That 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 when he speaks, he speaks with a broader tongue.
5: Respectfully, Bruce, we have to hold our, our leaders to a higher okay. standard, and I am not going to be as well, like and, and, and let me, and let You me don't give have
0: to. No, I'm, I'm not. I, by the way, I
5: did, I, you know, I agree with, with with some of your
0: points about the president. He says things, and then he says, "Oh my God, I didn't know." Well, he knows.
3: What, when he did exactly. a campaign event, and he and somebody yells out, "Shoot him!" and he says, "Well, you can get away with that in Florida." I mean, you. Oh, you <laughs> want an example? Go give, give me Please. give. Put a smiley face on that uh, on the day
2: after the shootings. First of all, what, what is really important to understand here, and as soon as I say this, what I'm going to hear from, from you two gentlemen is, oh, listen to her, look at the excuse making. When I come on the show and I come on as a Trump supporter, Bruce, you have heard me time and no time sense. again. Come and often be critical... Of what Donald Trump has said and done in various times. I'm sure you can say that. Anybody can see the multitude of appearances I've done on the show. Does Trump always speak as I would speak? Absolutely not. Does Trump say things that I wish he wouldn't say? absolutely that's the case. Do I think that Donald Trump is a racist? Do I think that his comments indicate that he's a racist person? Do I accept his walkbacks when he does a walkback because I see what his policies and his actions are? Yes, I do. But when you're predisposed to look at anything that this president says as racist, for example, when he says that it's a rat-infested city in Baltimore, when he says that and then you have people on NPR say that rats is code word for African Americans, there's not a whole lot that you can do with that. If you're going to look at everything that Donald Trump says in the Light up, he's a racist. Okay, I find it to be a very disingenuous thing, and there's not really a big bridge that we can build did, between us. Did you hear a response to your question? Nope,
5: I didn't yet either.
2: Peter so, Brian, gave you know, a Brian,
10: response. I'm Brian, gonna go, to Brian. I go clear, to Brian. He clearly can be his own worst enemy. He says some crazy things. Uh, you know, he's from New York, he's a developer, it's a sharp elbows place. He's, he's president used to the operate, I'm from he's operating things. that way, right? When we have business people that get into the political arena, often they're not as polished as people who have been politicians their whole career. Uh, we, I try to look at what he's actually accomplished and stop focusing on all the little items of rhetoric that we kind of create and take and blow up and blow up in different ways that really were never intended.
0: I want to go to a call. Steve in El Paso, Texas, also on KTSM. Go ahead.
11: <coughs> yes. Uh, hi. Hi. Uh, the, uh, uh, the, the hate talk, I think, is coming from the left. Uh, Trump I think it's like like he's pro-life. The right kind of thinks that uh, 60 million abortions is kind of violent. I think the stuff that the left is trying to get rid of the president and not recognize him is causing a reaction on the fringe of the right. And actually, we don't know exactly what went on with this. I understand uh, that they're still investigating Uh We're against any kind of violence and all that kind of stuff. But the incendiary comments about the president blowing up the White House, all these, uh dripping with the head and all that, is very damaging. You should respect the president and call him Mr. President. Thanks.
0: Okay. Thanks very much. We're going to be back. I want everybody's reaction to that when we come back. I'm Bruce Dumont. 1-800-723-8289.
12: Hi, I'm Ryan Sandberg, and I want to tell you about Miracle, the musical, inspired by the 2016 champion Chicago Cubs. It's one of the best productions I have ever seen. Now playing at the Royal George Theater. Do not miss it.
6: Millions estimate their benefits online so they can do what they want offline. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow.
13: See what you can do online at SocialSecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Today, millions of people all across America are building a life in recovery from addiction and mental illness, helping themselves and helping each other with friends, family, and community lending their strength and support. Join the voices for recovery. Together we are stronger for 24 hour free and confidential information and treatment referral for mental and substance use disorders for you or someone you know call 1-800-662-HELP
9: brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services.
13: <laughs> Bruce we Dumont back He's in raised. Chicago media, and uh, uh, I want response, uh,
0: to let everybody respond to the caller uh, who basically said that some of the rhetoric from the left has been uh, has been violent against the mm-hmm. president of the United States. I want to get the Republicans and, and the Democrats as to whether or not again you you may say Peter it's it's whatism but uh, mm-hmm. what what is but the point is it did exist and the the, the reaction to the election of this president has been unlike the right. election of any reaction to any president in my lifetime.
2: Right.
10: The, they're not over. It. I mean they're still they're, not no. over. And that's really the issue is that there are people whether you like what he's doing or not, there are people that just can't stand him personally, that they will say and do anything to get him out. I mean, that's what the whole Mueller report thing was all about. That's what the whole, the whole China, all the, all the investigations have been all about, and they won't stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, they found nothing, and they're still going after it, right? So um, they just can't get over the fact that this guy's their president, and they want him out.
2: Right, I think to the caller's point. And I get what he was trying to say. You know, there are people who are unhinged on all sides of the political oh, spectrum, true. and true. when you have the president that who is widely perceived by conservatives to be attacked all the time, a two-year-long investigation, all types of attacks. Uh, yes, things like we want to blow up the White House. Uh, you know, Kathy Griffin with holding his head. Uh, you know, severed yeah. head and Before so on and large so forth. People are crowds
0: in many cases. Uh, absolutely.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think that that drives some people, um, a small fraction of his supporters, kind of crazy. And it could motivate somebody to say, I've had enough and I'm going to. Everybody has a trigger. So could somebody be taking this to the extreme, wanting to defend the president? Sure. I'm sure. Is it smart? Of course not. Is it something I would do? No. But can it happen? Absolutely. Just like something like that could happen on the left if Bernie Sanders or another candidate um, was viciously attacked. You might see the same reaction um, on that side. By
0: the way, we have uh, some breaking news. Uh, Mitch McConnell, the Majority Leader of the United States Senate, uh, there was an accident in Kentucky today. He has fractured Mm -hmm. his shoulder. So I know you're not a big fan of Mitch McConnell's but uh, yeah, I'm yeah. sure thoughts I, and prayers. I'm thoughts sure thoughts and prayers. Thoughts know? and yeah. prayers um, But I'd like to see the x-ray, <laughs> candidly.
5: It's funny that it happened uh, today of all days. But thoughts and prayers, Mitch.
0: And and today because tell us why tell well, tell us why
5: today is a special day
0: in the anti-Mitch
5: McConnell crusade. Well, Moscow, Mitch, um, obviously has brought the Senate to a halt. There is no debate in the Senate. The one sort of story chamber of Congress has not advanced any meaningful legislation. He has sat on legislation that would make elections more safe. Uh, as you know, my expertise in cybersecurity and privacy, you know, it's very common sense legislation. He has sat on H.R. 8. He has fed through every, obviously, judicial candidate that Trump has put before him, or should I say the Federal Society has put for him. Um, you know, so I'm not a big fan of uh, Moscow Mitch in any way, and as I told you folks in the uh, break, uh, Massacre Mitch is trending on Twitter, um, because I think a lot of people on Twitter, I'm not saying myself necessarily, a lot, I kind of am sympathetic to this, believe that his failure to do anything on the Senate floor except approve judicial candidates um, and stonewall on legislation um, is harming the country and is playing a role in the fact that crazy people are getting guns and bad people are getting guns, and they're using them to kill innocent people. So, Mark, that's the
10: kind of rhetoric that just ends the conversation.
5: Uh, We were talking before uh, we went on the air about massacre, Mitch. I mean, come on. I I I just am literally telling you what a trending topic on the national stage and Twitter is and the reason for that is because people have seen this person as someone who has brought the United States Senate to a grinding halt well they just We're, have
10: their view of it They they just I mean they I mean, don't shared, they don't like your legislation Senator
5: Sherrod Brown I mean eight, eight Republicans did vote for it in the house Sher shared Brown today at the press conference said I've contacted Senate leader McConnell I've asked for a special session so we could do anything I mean have a debate on the floor. Talk about, if you don't like the bill, if you don't like HRA, I mean, that's what the whole reconciliation process is for, right? Mm-hmm. Take your bill in, look at it, mark it up, send it back, and then reconcile and pass something. But nothing's happening. Nothing. Well, and I mean, when you have a senator go on record to say that these cybersecurity laws would create an uneven playing field, you got to rethink what this guy's doing. And if you're listening to Kentucky, you know, I would urge you, please take a hard look at this candidate. Please, he's not serving the best interests of Kentuckians. He's not serving the best interests of Americans. He's a bad person and a bad senator. Mm-hmm. Well, you can so say that.
10: You can certainly say that. But to use names, you know, and, and mock him like that—that's—that's that's just. Well, Moscow Mitch, I think I do like that one. See, I'll, I'll claim I, that one.
2: I don't mind names. Um, I've thrown around names <laughs> um, with I the guess. best of them. I don't think names is a problem. What I have a problem with is when one side of the aisle protests so vociferously that hate is coming from the other side of the aisle oh hate has no home here it's interesting when i was walking around doing some canvassing for a republican candidate and i walked up to a home that had one of those signs and i mentioned that i was canvassing for a republican candidate the hate came out okay so the whole idea that hate has no home here and that the left is so far above it and they're all about love and kindness and then you hear terms like massacre mitch i know you weren't using it but people on twitter are it puts the lie to the idea that one side is so far above the other when it comes to political right. rhetoric, and it's really not true. I, agree Rick, with you? About
5: that? You I just can't agree with Jennifer. I agree with you. There is no one, no one on the left, no one on the right, who is above engaging in kind of rhetoric that debases this kind of conversation. But unfortunately, there is a lot of, you know, uh, disappointment and anger at what this president is doing, what this set, Senator McConnell is doing. Sorry Let's go
0: to Larry you. in Redding, California. Go I'm ahead. To... Uh, yes. You're on the air.
14: Thank you for taking my uh, – I like to think out of the box, and I keep the talking points about gun control, taking away guns, and the uh, mental health issue is, gentlemen, I like to back to the thought and answer me, why never happened years ago when I was a kid? I'm eight years old, and nobody would have thought about it. Something like this. I think the values, morals of this country have been destroyed, and, and to tell the
0: truth, I think it's been destroyed mainly by the. Rest. I'm a Democrat. So. Larry, uh, you asked a very good question. It will be the basis of our discussion when we pick up it, pick the discussion up after the, uh, the news break. Thanks for your call. I'm Bruce Dumont. Don't go away. Another full hour of Beyond the Beltway comes up on the Beyond the Beltway Radio Network.
14: Thank
3: you.
12: And I want to tell you about Miracle, the musical, inspired by the 2016 champion Chicago Cubs. It's one of the best productions I have ever seen. Now playing at the Royal George Theater. Do not miss it.
6: Millions estimate their benefits online so they can do what they want offline. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online
13: at socialsecurity.gov.
9: Keeping in touch with family and friends or reaching public safety officials can be challenging during power outages. If telecom networks are affected by severe weather or other conditions, the FCC recommends following these guidelines. Call 911 only when necessary and limit non-emergency calls. Avoid repetitive redialing to minimize network congestion. Try texting if a call doesn't go through. Conserve battery power. Switch mobile phones and devices to power-saving modes and turn off when not in use. If evacuated, forward landline calls to your cell phone if possible. If you're using your car to charge cell phones or listen to news on the car radio, be aware that carbon monoxide emissions can be deadly in an enclosed space such as a garage. Remember, always seek shelter in dangerous conditions and follow directions from public safety officials. For more info, go to FCC.gov emergency.
4: My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion.
5: I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career I can be proud of and supporting my family.
7: America's veterans are on their most important tour, the tour of their lives.
6: I'm a veteran. My victory was going from homeless to home.
7: At DAV. we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to dav.org.
0: Bruce Dumont, back in our number two of Beyond the Beltway, and and uh, Peter, one of your areas of expertise is uh, cybersecurity, and I want to ask the question because there's already been some discussion as the the role of social media, in 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 fanning the flames of hate on both sides, and my question to you is. Um, does does the internet need to be monitored for its thought and rhetoric
5: I think that's a super slippery slope and is very dangerous what I think um Facebook and Google and others could do is just take a more active interest in identifying information that's you know plainly and obviously false um identifying groups that are you know curating hatred um but you know these this shooter the Christchurch shooter I'm sorry the El Paso shooter the Christchurch shooter they weren't using Facebook. They may have been you know, radicalized through things they saw on Facebook. They're using 8chan, which is right. a spin-off of 4chan. And it's just kind of like a wild message board where anything goes. And you would you eliminate that, there will be a new one the next day. So I mean, I think the companies have a responsibility to be more thoughtful in what's being used in their platform instead of just kind of cashing in every dollar that they get um, for advertising.
0: Do you think there needs to be more intrusion on the internet,
10: Brian? Uh, as far as, like, regulation, perhaps. Well, regulation. Or, I, You know, I'm, I'm a Republican, so I really don't like a lot right. of regulation. But, you know, we're in a position now where it's clear that Google and Facebook have been suppressing the right conservatives, right? Well, that's pretty, pretty clear. Um, at the same time, I think I spoke with you, Bruce, in the, fa- in the past about some conversations that I've had with uh, Brad Parscale, who's the campaign manager mm-hmm. for Trump, and he told me at a meeting in October... Uh, that I happened to meet him at that he said they knew that they were going to win in August because they were doing demographic uh, sorts, finding people, motivating them to come to the polls, and and ironically, three years before that, I had the same conversation with David Bluff at another conference who was Obama's campaign manager. Mm -hmm. They did the same thing. So can we do things on the Internet to motivate people, to get them excited, to get them to the polls? Absolutely. Likewise, Google and Facebook can suppress it the wrong way. So Campaigns are supposed to do that, but our, our supposedly objective media companies are not supposed to do that. So there's got to be something fixed there. I don't know the answer, but it's got to be fixed. Let's go back to calls. Let's go to Tom listening to us in New
0: Jersey on Sirius XM satellite radio. Go ahead. Tom, are you there? Tom is gone. Let's go to Kathy in Austin, Texas. Winds are blowing great southwest tonight. Go ahead okay go Uh, ahead
8: I just wanted to say I'm I'm an independent who is a Trump supporter Um, i voted for him this last election and I will vote for him again and and there's definitely hate field speech coming from the left you can't say that it's not Um, I actually have a lot of liberal friends here in Austin um, who I can't tell them that I have supported Trump because I would probably lose them as friends. And I think that happens a lot. It's happening all over the country. So we can't really talk about supporting Trump. And there's many of us out here um, who aren't being counted because of that. And I I also wanted to say in regard to the background check um, uh, to, uh, to get a gun Um, Because of the way the HIPAA laws are written, you are not able to release medical information. So uh, that's why we're not able to hear about the the issues that some of these shooters have had in the past. And also, um, I've been hearing just recently over the weekend that agencies are not even working with each other to release information. So I, I think there was one shooter that had information with the Air Force, and they they didn't release it in the mm. in the background check. Right. So until we change something in those two ways, we're not going to have that a valid that background
0: check. Peter's got a comment for you, Kathy.
5: Yeah, thanks. Thanks for your um, your uh, comments, Kathy. I would just say that with respect to HIPAA, you don't necessarily need to disclose the medical condition of an individual. You could simply say that this person has a medical condition that would warrant further investigation or denial or something like that. And I think to Jennifer's point earlier, you mean you could I mean this requires work, right? It requires a debate. These are tough issues that our senators and our leaders need to come to the table and talk about. The problem that I see from my perspective, which is obviously on the left, is we don't have a leader in the Senate who's willing to have those hard conversations. So we keep having the same type of result. Jennifer.
2: I think that when we're talking about background checks and expanding them and putting some teeth in background checks, and Trump already um, expanded the uh, background check provisions, but if we're going to go further with that, okay, that's fine. But Bernie Sanders uh, just today said that, well, if we do this, it's a good first step. So you look at that and you said a first step, the uh, back tightening the background checks. What's the second step? What's the third step and the fourth step and the fifth step? And that's when people who are <clears> Second <throat> Amendment uh, proponents look at this and they say, is the objective eventually to take guns out of the hands of law-abiding citizens? Background checks be damned. They've already got the.'" pass the background checks, what is next? So I think that um, the that cloud is hanging over this debate. The Democrats, by and large, don't want us to look okay. at it this way. They're saying that, well, this is common sense gun legislation. But what comes after that? That, I think, the devil is always in the details. So in
5: this, I, just had to, so I had question and comment. So what? What specifically did Trump do to tighten background checks. You mentioned that he did something, so what What was it?
2: There was a universal background check provision that right. was put through along with the bump stock ban, which mm-hmm. Trump also put through, that Obama never did, even though the Democrats were after Trump to do it, or after Obama to do it, he never did. So that was part of the gun um, control so, measure. It was part of that bill, you'd have to look it up. I don't know exactly of Las what Vegas. it was. Okay, right. Right. Um, that,
5: that, that is, uh, and that I'm aware, that that, that is good, but it right. is not even a quarter step, not even a tenth of a step, it's, it's nothing. That's one. The comment I was going to make is, you know, hearing Bernie Sanders saying background checks are a first Mm -hmm. step, I think it's, you are reading into it that, you know, step two is to take away their guns. It's a good first step because we have taken no meaningful steps. You know what a good second step to me would be? Potentially... Banning something like, you know, AR-15s or at least limiting them to people who are, you know, folks who reach a higher standard. There's no reason the four of us could just go to Walmart and, you know, Indiana and buy, you know, 10 AR-15s. With, you know, it just doesn't make any sense. So I think a good, meaningful second step would be that. The end of the Don't, day, the Second Amendment, it is what it is, right? From a political Court opining in the Second Amendment. You know, we're not going to go Peter, from,
0: from a political standpoint, uh, the Speaker of the House, the Democrats control the House. And they don't control the senate but could they not call a special session in the next week where everybody comes back to washington and nancy pelosi or some or somebody pick a member of the congress they put legislation and they vote on it up or down on exactly what you've asked for so the democrats react okay it goes over to the senate and then you you can go after Mitch McConnell again for the Republicans, many of whom are going up for re-election, and maybe they don't want their suburban Republicans to think of them as soft on, you know, as too hard on crime. But the Democrats aren't gonna do that. And one of the reasons why they're not gonna do it is because Nancy Pelosi is worried that some of the moderate Democrats who gave her her leadership, gave her the speakership, she doesn't want to put them on a bill where they may have to vote against the NRA because they might lose their election. But so she's going to make a political consideration instead of doing the right thing. They, but they put they literally up just shut up. H.R. 8.
5: They literally just did it. It just happened. H.R. 8. 232 Democrats voted for it. 240 people, you know, House members voted for it. Eight Republicans. It's out of the House. They literally just did what you just described.
0: Okay, so then we go back to Mitch McConnell. Back shortly with...
4: My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion.
5: I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career I can be proud of and supporting my family.
7: America's veterans are on their most important tour, the tour of their lives.
6: I'm a veteran. My victory was going from homeless to home.
7: At DAV...
9: We all win. Help
7: us
0: support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. Before El Paso, before Dayton, there was Gilroy, California. And Matthew joins us from Gilroy, California tonight to offer your perspective on the other mass shooting that took place last week. Go ahead, Matthew. Are you there? Matthew, are you there? Well, I guess you're not. Let's go to Bonnie in uh, Crown Point, Indiana. Are you there, Bonnie? What's happening with our phones, folks? Line four, Bonnie, are you gone? How about Eduardo in line one? Are you there? Well, do we know here. why we have no phones? Oh, it yeah. like we, have okay. here we are. Who, who are you, sir?
6: This
11: is Eduardo.
0: Okay, go ahead. You're on the air.
11: Yeah, so I wonder if Mexico's considering uh, gun control, figuring that Mexico City is a shooting gallery. I mean, those cartels are armed to the teeth.
0: Well, I don't think so.
10: I, I've been to Mexico City a number of times in the last year. It's not a shooting gallery. Uh, there are certainly violent areas of Mexico. Mexico City's a pretty beautiful place, actually.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Did you want to also talk about mental health? Yeah, well, I think
11: that... That's part of it too. I mean, um, I don't think uh, our school should be uh, educating our people. I think the parent, one parent should be staying at home and educating the uh, son and daughter.
0: Well, but that's not going to happen, sir. That's uh, that's a, that's a folly. It ain't going to happen.
11: Yeah. Well, we need congressional approval on uh, mental health.
0: Well, how, but but what what is it that you want to do on mental health? Well,
11: I think everybody that. Need- that's in school and needs to go through
0: some kind of uh, psychiatric evaluation. Everybody a that's in school should job. go uh, some sort of psychological evaluation. <laughs> I think a lot of people would, a lot of people on the right and left, I think, would both do, sides, <laughs> both sides would <laughs> not like that idea. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, what side, Edward,
5: maybe Eduardo, what you're saying is I think we need to do a better job in schools to kind of teach, you know, mental and physical wellness to kids so that they're more, you know, on top of things when they get out. Okay. I think Eduardo, the thank, can, thanks
0: for your call. Thank you very much. I understand. We're going to go back to Matthew. Are you there in Gilroy, California?
14: Hi, Bruce. It's Matthew from Gilroy. How are you?
0: Yes, thanks very much for calling. Uh, what perspective can you offer on what happened uh, in your city last
14: week? Well, I wasn't at the garlic festival. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been to it many times. The only thing I did want to reiterate is, is the issue of buying a weapon beyond state lines. Mm-hmm. i think in order to get this right at least the first step would be to prevent that and have a federal level national gun approval program
0: and so by the way that that's,
14: that's what happened in gil that's,
0: that's what happened in gilroy the shooter did not get his gun in california correct
14: that's correct. correct and okay at the same time weapons of war like an ar-15 have no business in the public
0: uh, Jennifer, do you agree with that?
2: Weapons of war, I think that you have to kind of define what those are. I've heard semi-automatics defined as a weapon of war. If you're talking about an AK-47, yeah, I might go along with that and say that a, okay, an about, average person Jennifer, doesn't need to have Jennifer, it.
14: How, mm. about, how about something with multiple magazines and
2: multiple firing mechanisms? Um, not being a firearms expert, I don't really feel <clears> um, like I can answer that question I think that part of the problem though for me I look at this globally and I look at uh, weapons like this and I say okay where did they come from did they steal them did they get them off of a military base was somebody from the military living with them and they went ahead and got that weapon we have to contend with the fact that somebody is always going to have access to an AK-47 or pretty much any other weapon that you can name so I think that gun control if they have legislation, access um,
0: to it should that be a violation of a crime that sends them to prison
2: If it is well, that depends on a gun law. If they're in possession of it or if they use it.
0: So both, both. I want to just follow up with you. Both. Uh,
2: Not if they're in possession of it. I don't think you should go to prison if you're in possession of of any weapon. Quite frankly, Um, if you use it, yes. Naturally.
0: Should the should the general public be allowed to have weapons Hmm. that are superior to law enforcement? And you define law enforcement. Are, they, okay, they that's they that's, okay, that's your answer. It has caused, let's hear what we the had an say.
2: enormous, there was, I know, a couple of enormous massacres that occurred because people were, had those kind of weapons, and not only that, but they had body armor. So that's also a problem that you have <laughs> to um, throw that into the mix. These uh, things hopefully would not be something that people in the public would have. My no. question is, is how do you prevent people from getting
5: Peter. them? Peter. So... Yeah, I think you just said that no one should go, into, go to jail for possessing any weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, if I mm-hmm. have five Uzis at home that are fully automatic machine guns, I should probably go to jail because the one day that I get really upset, I might use them. That's kind of the... Well, you confiscate and, them. That well, takes
2: care of the problem. Yeah,
5: and I mean, it, you confiscate them and you put the person who possesses them in jail. No one's buying AK... For, getting AK-47s from their buddy in the military. First off, it's not even an American-made weapon. It's a Russian weapon. Second all... Like the AR 15 you don't need to go to break into a military base to get it you buy it from like walmart in tennessee and kentucky well, better yet you could buy it from gun is, shows bigger, you, you can buy any this stuff from gun shows sorry matt Guys, the bigger the, the bigger question here is
14: is the fact that you can get these weapons rather easy at a gun show also so you're closing the gun show loophole you're raising the age to 25. cory booker had a great idea today about a license. For a gun where you have to be qualified to even own one. There has to be common sense gun reform in this country and at the same time preserving the Second Amendment. It's a, it's a tough go. It always has been, but now is the time we have to make something happen. Brian,
0: do you think the idea of, of uh, having a, a license to carry a gun or not
10: that, own a gun? Well, yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, you should be able to own a gun, but it should be for. De- I mean, it's about defense. I mean, we're not, mm. we're not here, we're not here to, to be offensive in our yeah. in our weaponry, right? Okay. So, do you really need them? Um,
5: there are five Automatic weapon. More. I don't think so. Ac- sorry, uh, sorry. Um, according to uh, to Bernie Sanders, I haven't fact checked this yet. But there are apparently five mo- million more assault weapons in private hands in America than there are in the military's hands. And I mean, to any of us, whatever side we're on, that just, that's bizarre. That's crazy. How did the country get to this point? It's just, it's so, so strange. And I'm not saying take everyone's guns away. You know, I study the Constitution. We're all, you know, we all understand what it requires. We understand the Second Amendment. The Supreme Court has held a certain way about the ability for us to have weapons and firearms. But there has to be a line, like a reasonable line that just for our safety and our kids' safety and our family's safety, and that's all... I'm advocating for, and I think it's all the majority of Americans are advocating
0: you for. You said you said a couple of segments ago, Rick, that uh, the, the, the the tragedies in Denver, in uh, I'm sorry, Dayton and El Paso, uh, there are now. But 249 uh, mass shootings in the United States. The first one that I can certainly recall was back in August of 1966. It was Charles Whitman in the tower in Austin, Texas. Austin, right, Many right. listeners are are there are listening this this evening. And this gets this gets back to uh, the caller in the last hour, and that was the tone then and the tone now. In 1966, the war was going on, the civil rights struggle was going on. Not a lot of Americans were at each other's throats, but that shooting in in Austin uh, that wasn't followed by. 15, 20 others within the next 10 years. There were other incidents. There was certainly, char- you know, there was Charles Manson, which was in 66, or 69, rather. There were other things that came along, but they weren't they weren't on the level of Charles Whitman. Yeah. So he was talking um, about the era.
3: So, you know, I have five, uh, delighted, delightful to have five grandchildren right now, and I have, <clears throat> excuse me, one more uh, coming in September and I worry endlessly about them growing up in a society uh, where, uh, I mean, you now have active shooter drills in the schools, and so I don't care where you are on the gun safety issues. I mean, I totally agree uh, with what Peter just said. I mean, um, Second Amendment is established law, and I, I haven't heard a Democrat, even Left-wing Democrats say let's do away with the Second Amendment. I, I think, though, that we need as a nation to find a holistic approach uh, because I, I think it is not just uh, let's close the gun show loophole you know, or let's get rid of uh, these certain types of automatic weapons Agreed. that can fire uh, endless rounds off. Um, it's uh, it it part of it is the the tone that we have the fact that when we um, now don't agree with somebody we make them an enemy that has but to be terminated
0: has has the has the era the 249 <coughs> mass shootings has you know. that era when we when we look at that era it's it's a horrible thing but can we say you know what that's life in the United States and if we have a first amendment and if we have a second amendment, we look at ourselves and say, you know what, we have these amendments, that's the country we live in, and the price we pay is every once in a while, sometimes when you have three in one weekend or three in one week, the price is you're going you're gonna to lose uh, you know, 29 people.
3: I hope we never, ever uh, are so complacent that we come to that conclusion, Bruce.
2: I think that most of these shootings that happen happen in soft targets. Um, it is a gun-free zones where most of these happen. I know it's an unpopular suggestion um, to Democrat friends of mine, um, and I do have Democrat friends, um, who think that arming people and having armed guards at schools, whether you're arming teachers, whether people can do concealed carry, is a bad idea and a recipe for disaster, But I'll tell you, there have been many, many cases uh, where that is precisely what stops a gunman. And I think that uh, reducing these soft targets is something we can do immediately. We're talking about immediate stuff, but we got to have gun control legislation immediately. I know something that would work immediately, and that would be to stop having such a vulnerable population.
5: If a Texas Walmart, (laughs) where you imagine half people probably have guns... I don't was think not they did. Able I don't to think stop well, they did well, because I got news for you. Well, yeah. but the it's people not gonna there work. didn't have This
0: guy walked in. He was holding a, you know, yeah. a rifle when he walked in. So you can see We've yourself. got to pause. One 723 829 three eighty two nine. We've got some more callers on the line. But also, we're going to talk about the Democratic debates.
9: Keeping in touch with family and friends, or reaching public safety officials, can be challenging during power outages. If telecom networks are affected by severe weather or other conditions, the FCC recommends following these guidelines. Call 911 only when necessary and limit non-emergency calls. Avoid repetitive redialing to minimize network congestion. Try texting if a call doesn't go through. Conserve battery power. Switch mobile phones and devices to power-saving modes and turn off when not in use. If evacuated, forward landline calls to your cell phone if possible. If you're using your car to charge cell phones or listen to news on the car radio, be aware that carbon monoxide emissions can be deadly in an enclosed space such as a garage. Remember, always seek shelter in dangerous conditions and follow directions from public safety officials. For more info, go to FCC.gov slash emergency. <laughs>
0: Bruce Dumont, back in Chicago. Thank you very much for joining us. We're going to spend uh, the next uh, half hour of our show. By the way, if you're on the phone, you can stay on the phone, but we're going to be talking about the uh, the Democratic uh, debates of this past week. And I want to begin with you, uh, Rick, because you've been involved with Democratic politics for a long, long time. When you look at uh, who who jumped out from that debate, as uh, let me, yeah, who jumped out from the debate from your perspective? The two nights yeah
3: i 'll be honest with you i don 't know that i I saw anybody <laughs> in my view that jumped out uh i th- you know the, the the first night uh I thought that the format really got in the way uh of anybody even trying to step out. They hit a little bit more under control the second night um and I guess I would say the guy who was uh, the most composed was andrew yang uh, Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, and I I say this that facetiously in that uh, they spent so much time uh, beating up on each other or on Biden because you know yeah. that's now the thing to do. Right is to beat up on Biden. Um, uh, you know <laughs> that it was very difficult uh, to see anybody actually stand out after the debate was over. And on, that's uh, my view.
0: On Monday, or the <laughs> uh, sorry, on the, on the first night of the debate. Obviously, it was, it was Bernie and, and Elizabeth Warren very close, I thought, and everybody else was sort of you know in the, in the wake of, of them. Uh, the second night, I mean, you had Biden, who was obviously taking an attack from, from Cory Booker and from uh, Kamala Harris, until Kamala Harris caught her lunch from Tulsi Gabbard. But <laughs> right. I want to get your reaction, uh, Peter, to, uh, to both debates, because you're, you're leaning towards Bernie Sanders, but put your analyst hat on.
5: Yeah, no, I agree with your assessment of Warren and Sanders sending out, and I think uh, same for the second night. I think um, Elizabeth Warren, um, I find to be a very strong candidate. I think her views and Bernie Sanders' views are very similar. Um, it's ultimately, to me, a question of who can, you know, the American people in, you know, Wisconsin, Ohio, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Florida, look at and say, this person has my best interest in heart. And I think, you know due to no fault of his own, I think Bernie had a tough you know, run against Hillary, a lot of stuff came out, a lot of stuff will come out. And I think Elizabeth Warren has a certain polish and kind of finish that um, will be more resonant. So I think she's the front runner in my mind, um, uh, along with Biden, of course, who has sort of like standing front runner status. Um, I think Kamala Harris's actions as a prosecutor and lead prosec- attorney general of California are gonna be continue to come under the mar- microscope. And um, I think, uh, her fortunes may change quickly. In, okay. If
3: I if I can add though, I mean, and we were talking about what, whether polls still have value uh, in one of the breaks. Uh, but while there is still polling, uh, you have shown really, I mean, Biden is still yeah. exactly where he was before, mm-hmm. which to me says nobody really stepped it up. Yeah, I mean, That's a good you know, point. in 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 previous no. years, you had uh, challengers. Change the dynamics uh, through those those debates, and I am not seeing it here. September a couple of quick questions to our Democrats. Maybe. Then
0: I want the way the Republicans to weigh in. Did Cory Booker make somewhat of a comeback? I
3: think the other did. night
0: I uh, think, because he was yes. he wasn't impressive the first debate. Yeah. And obviously, he's he's taken this whole issue of what happened in El Paso. Again, I, I criticized because I, I don't think it's a good idea to call the president a racist, but he did. He got the publicity today. He was on all the shows. Kamala Harris, I, I haven't heard a, a peep from well, her on so, this so issue.
3: Forgetting what Booker did today and just focusing on the debates, yes. which was your uh, initial question, yes. I think that Booker did better in that debate than Kamala Harris did. did.
0: Did Did Joe Biden, however, land a punch on Booker when he talked about Booker as the mayor of Newark and that it took the ACLU to get Cory Booker to clean up the police department? It took him three years to yeah. do it. He didn't do it on day one.
3: As a Democrat and as somebody who has served Democratic presidents and candidates, the thing that bothers me is that I know that... Uh, people on the Republican side of the aisle are saving all this material <laughs> and so whether it's Biden or Booker or Warren
0: or Kamala um, all,
3: of, all of this stuff that is being tossed all these grenades that are being tossed are going to be aimed at the whoever the ultimate nominee is Brian
0: were you uh, keeping copious
10: notes on all these uh, charges? I didn't actually watch directly but I got recaps and uh, it, it, it just seems like they go from crazier to crazier to crazier. I mean, it, it's insane, some of the things that they're doing and saying. Uh, proposals that will never get passed, um, you know, litmus mm-hmm. tests that they all have to follow. Uh, it's, it's crazy what what's going on in those debates. And, and it's actually good for, for the president if he wants to get reelected because they don't look very good. Many party <coughs> leaders have said, including Rahm Emanuel, like, you know, we don't see anything here. Right. We don't see anything at all.
2: I think what's interesting, and I watched the debates, uh, both of them, and I think I kept thinking to myself, and you're hearing the audience applaud at more of the socialist proposals when John Delaney was trying to speak truth to power that hey this isn't really going to work out. The audience shouted him down. Mm -hmm. I kept thinking you know this is great for the left wing but how is this going to play in the general because you know there's going to be a whole other audience um, in the auditorium when the debate is played out and I can tell you and I think the Achilles heel of most of those candidates and Joe Biden is very smart because he's not positioning himself to be a Medicare for all candidate because he knows. That uh, unions in particular, the Michigan, the Wisconsin people, the people from the Rust Belt, aren't going to take too kindly to the fact that uh, Elizabeth Warren and, and Bernie Sanders and Kamala Harris want to take away the health care plans that they devoted all their attention to getting. They fought mm. hard for this good health care. And so I think that when you look at this, is this a field that is going to be palatable to the middle? We know that Trump can pull from the middle. And I think the middle will hold for Trump. Can these candidates, and I'm not talking about John Delaney, I'm not talking about Tulsi Gabbard and I'm not talking about Biden. I'm talking about the other people to the left. can they pull from the middle? I, I, I don't think they can'. I Rick.
3: think the problem that my party faces right now is when this whole process <coughs> evolves and we end up with a nominee, uh, will it's not that uh, Trump is going to draw those voters. I think that you're going to have people that stay at home. Um, You know, really the Democratic Party never healed uh, after the uh, Bernie-Hillary fight. Or they voted
0: for Trump. Yeah,
3: I mean, I was the backstage manager for the convention in Philly in 2016. And, you know, there were people up in the galleries there, uh, you know, screaming and shouting. Uh, at a time when the parties should be pulling together and unifying around a, uh, yeah. a nominee. And I, I saw that happen in, in 2016. I am concerned that it is going to be happening again this time where there are, it's not just um, left and, and, and right. I mean, you have a lot of different mm. variations here. I'm worried a lot of those people end up sitting on their hands. On
10: election day, yep. You know, Rick, I was at the Republican convention in Cleveland, and a lot of the regulars were not there. I was calling senators and congressmen, and they were on their mm-hmm. cell phones at home. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, yeah. so the you know the yeah. Republican Party really didn't win that election. Trump himself, oh yeah. Right. Yeah. right. So both of the parties. Now
0: he's reminding were, people of that. Were,
10: that's right.
2: He won. Were, in, he won in spite of the party. I was there. Right. That I mean, too. to be frank, that's so. how it
10: really was. And so he knew how to to talk to people who had been disenfranchised. You know, I think they estimated that six percent of the people that voted for Trump hadn't voted in an average of about 20 years. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, it's pretty amazing. I think Trump got
2: some votes because he spit in the GOP's eye. I think that was attractive to a lot of people in the middle. And are you going to see, in a way, I guess Bernie and and Elizabeth Warren kind of spit in the Democrat Party's eye. But how is that going to play when it comes to bringing the base home? I don't know.
0: Well, also, I think uh, you have uh, Joe Biden, who clearly is the front runner at the moment. But I don't think, whereas I thought that Kamala Harris did a fairly good job in the first debate. I don't think she did a great job in the second debate. Because every time she talks, she's scolding. Yeah, And then then they put the split screen up. It looks like literally they're three inches apart. And she she did everything but wag her finger at him. And And I I think that that demeaned the Vice President. And I don't think people like to
10: watch other people scold people. Mm -hmm. And she whines a lot. Really turns a lot of people off.
5: Right. Yeah, no, this is an interesting conversation. I think just as, as people who are not even partisans, but just interested in the process. Yeah. It's fascinating. I'll say this, though. There are a lot of people out there who stayed at home when Hillary Clinton ran because they weren't hearing what they wanted. And what they wanted to hear are things like health care should be a right. Education should be a right. You guys may hear them as like socialist, far left things, but yeah. in a lot, large part of the world where you know we're kind of we have countries that we look across and they're comparable Western democracies, those things are rights. And I think it's it's tough for the party. I don't have the answer. I don't know if it's going to be Biden. I don't think it's, I don't know who it'll be. But I think that's the purpose of this process.
3: Except Peter, um, a couple of things. One, uh, you know, you have a price tag attached to Medicare for All of that is completely, ridiculously out of reach. Two, I think it is very difficult to take the healthcare that somebody's had. You know, mm-hmm. um, some of us go back decades with healthcare. Mm-hmm. It has saved lives. Yes, it is too expensive, but to say, okay, mm-hmm. we're now gonna flip the switch uh, and go to Medicare for All and you cannot have The choice. I mean, we're we're supposed to be the party of choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and when you're not giving people a choice, you're sort of going away from the guiding principles. And and
5: I know this is a tripping point between Obama and Hillary during those primaries too, because Hillary had the, you know, the plan where if you like your health care, you can keep it. It's going to be a tripping point here, but I think there is a groundswell of folks out there who want to see a plan, even if it's a moonshot or beyond a Mars shot. They want to see a plan, and 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 we've seen some.
0: And what was going after Obama about? I mean, Obama, they went after
5: Obama a couple of times.
3: I absolutely, it boggles my mind. I expect... He wasn't um,
10: left enough for that. I expect Jennifer and to go after Obama.
3: (laughs) I do not expect people who were among the most zealous supporters... Of the Obama administration to go after Obama. Yeah, Just
2: as, as I think it was. I, mean, some, I think it was some desperation. Again, I liken yeah. it to spiders in a jar. They're trying to get to the top, and and they're looking at how how far can we go with this? And I yeah. think um, I think we saw.
0: Well, he, I think you could expect De Blasio doing it because he doesn't right. have any place to go. Yeah, uh, Booker. It was sort of a hail mary. Uh, he's got to get back in the game, and and and. Right. Between what he did then and today, he's <laughs> he's saying anything he can the to get on crowd. TV right. back same. shortly.
15: Right.
12: Hi, I'm Ryan Sandberg, and I want to tell you about Miracle, the musical, inspired by the 2016 champion Chicago Cubs. It's one of the best productions I have ever seen. Now playing at the Royal George Theater. Do not miss it.
6: Millions estimate their benefits online so they can do what they want offline. Social Security securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online
13: at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at US taxpayer expense. Today, millions of people all across America are building a life in recovery from addiction and mental illness, helping themselves and helping each other, with friends, family and community lending their strength and support. Join the Voices for Recovery Together we are stronger for 24 hour free and confidential information and treatment referral for mental and substance use disorders for you or someone, you know, call 1-800-662-HELP.
9: Brought to you by the U S department of health and human services.
0: Bruce Dumont back. Let's go to line five. Nick is listening to us on KTS in El Paso. Go ahead.
11: Good evening. Uh, uh, uh folks.
0: Yeah. Uh, many, many, ma- many people, who this uh, person knows, family, workers,
11: classmates, uh, uh, friends he talks to, know about the condition of this gentleman that came here to El Paso. Uh huh. But they're afraid to pick up the phone and let somebody know. We had a case here in El Paso where a veteran, mental health problem, told his neighbor, then showed his neighbor. The, the the weapon he bought and kept on talking to the neighbor, but the neighbor never picked up the phone to anonymously report him. Right. Uh, well came that to the VA and shot the doctor. Yep.
0: Yeah, that that is one of the problems. I mean you're dealing with a very touchy subject when you're dealing with someone's or making an allegation about someone's mental health. But again, see something, say something, I still think that's a good idea, although in the case of San Bernardino last year I mean, the neighbors knew what was going on, but they said nothing. There was a perfect example of they knew exactly what was going on with their new neighbors, and uh, they kept their mouth shut, and people died in San Bernardino. We're going to move on to Brent, listening to us in Columbus, Ohio, on Sirius XM Satellite Radio. Go ahead.
15: Yeah, uh, my question is um, what evidence would there be to support that... uh, a gun-free
0: zone leads to a higher likelihood of a mass shooting. Lead in which it, it causes it. I don't know whether there's mm. been any statistics on that. I've always, you know, uh, I've never believed too much in that concept. But uh, anybody want to take, take a tackle on that? You, sure. your, your point, I, Brent, yeah. is that a, 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 a gun-free zone uh, mm. does not make people safer. Is that your point?
15: No, no. Uh, my point is, if you're going to make an assertion, which there was, a, I believe, a young lady on your show who has asserted that it will immediately be safer, I would like to know where I can find evidence to support such an assertion, because I can point to uh, plenty of places where we've eliminated guns and seem to be more safe. So, and I, and I can certainly point to the evidence for that. I'm assuming she has some for hers. I would love to hear it. Um,
2: yeah, I was, uh, thank you for calling me young. I'm, I'm not very, but thank you. Um, no, I did not say that it was going to, the gun-free zones are necessarily um, statistically proven to be the site of massacres. What gun-free zones are is once the guns start flying, once the bullets start flying, and it's a gun-free zone, naturally, uh, the bullets are going to keep flying. So I think that um, the massacre, it could be a, a one-shot thing that turns into a massacre if it's a gun-free zone. I think when people, a shooter knows that there's a soft target, um, and they know that sign's on the door, you're not allowed to bring guns in here, and they know there's no concealed carry in that area, they have the assurance that they're going to be able to pull off what they're trying to trying to pull off without being apprehended or stopped. So, no, while there is no guarantee, my feeling is if we're trying to hedge our bets and make things more difficult for a gunman, just like people who advocate gun control are trying to make things more difficult for a would-be gunman, I advocate that we take a look at these free gun zones and um, have a conversation about it.
0: Okay, thanks for your call. We're going to move on to Scott in Austin, Texas, listening to us. On KLBJ, go ahead. Are you there? All right, have we got anybody else on the line? Terry in Fort Wayne, Indiana, go ahead.
14: Hi. Yes. Hi. Hi. this is uh, Terry. Um, I was calling because it seems like all these regulations you're talking about, and yeah. that unchecked are going to have a disparate impact on people of color and the poor and make it much harder for minorities to exercise Second Amendment rights.
0: In in what way, sir?
14: Well, anytime you even mention any kind of ID when it comes to voting, there's this outcry of racism and discrimination. Minorities are much less likely to Identification
5: you need to get I to do a background check. Yeah, Peter, but you have a constitutional right to vote and to have your vote count. You don't necessarily have a constitutional right to own an AR-15. So the well, that's
14: not for you to decide, is it?
5: Well, the Constitution has already decided it. So I'm I'm just the messenger man.
14: Well, yeah, but you do have. You shouldn't be denied a
5: gun because of the color of your skin. Oh. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. That's not what any of us are saying. But if you want to get an ID, you can get an ID. I mean, that's not yeah, a big deal. Yeah, you can get, get an get ID for I mean, free. You know, you can get that, a license for free. You can go to court and file and a maybe lawsuit. maybe they don't for... have
14: a card. don't do all those.
5: So
0: basically, Terry, you're, you're saying that African Americans would have a more difficult time getting a card or to register their guns, and and, and, and it is discriminatory because of the color of their skin. Is that yeah,
14: what you're saying? Yeah. We hear any times you, you request any kind of identification, it's discriminatory, so it seems like it could be here.
0: Yes, your, your point is that the Democrats frequently use that as an excuse to be against voter ID cards, whereas when it comes to the right to bear arms, uh, they are perhaps, perhaps African-Americans are discriminated against. Yes,
11: that's okay.
0: right. Thank you, thank you for your point. We're out of time on that point. And I want to thank uh, Peter Hanna for being, joining us this evening. Peter, nice to have you with us. Yeah. Rick Discolta, thank you very much. First time you'll be back again, my friend. You've got a lot mm-hmm. to say. Jennifer Nevins, thank you very much. Always uh, excitable. <laughs> <laughs> and Brian Castle, thank you very much, for representing my, the moderate wing of the Republican Party. My pleasure. And I want to thank also, I want to thank... Uh, uh, Andrews but uh, our director tonight, and Hector and Brita for their assistance in the production of this program. I'm Bruce Dumont. Until next week, good night from sh- Chicago. All
12: right. Sandberg, and I want to tell you about Miracle, the musical, inspired by the 2016 champion Chicago Cubs. It's one of the best productions I have ever seen, now playing at the Royal George Theatre. Do not miss it.
6: Millions estimate their benefits online, so they can do what they want offline. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at
13: socialsecurity.gov.
9: Keeping in touch with family and friends or reaching public safety officials can be challenging during power outages. If telecom networks are affected by severe weather or other conditions, the FCC recommends following these guidelines. Call 911 only when necessary and limit non-emergency calls. Avoid repetitive redialing to minimize network congestion. Try texting if a call doesn't go through. Conserve battery power switch mobile phones and devices to power saving modes and turn off when not in use. If evacuated, forward landline calls to your cell phone if possible. If you're using your car to charge cell phones or listen to news on the car radio, be aware that carbon monoxide emissions can be deadly in an enclosed space such as a garage. Remember, always seek shelter in dangerous conditions and follow directions from public safety officials. For more info, Go to FCC.gov emergency.
4: My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion.
5: I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career I can
6: be proud of and supporting my family.
7: America's veterans are on their most important tour, the tour of their lives.
6: I'm a veteran. My victory was going from homeless to home.
7: At DAV. We all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org.